Good morning. Welcome in. Thursday, May 21st. It's your edition of the College Football Morning Announcements with your host, as always, Nick Shepkowski. Now, coming up today, some NCAA rulings are out that we have to get you caught up on from everything that happened on Wednesday. So we have that information for you to share. There's a new hotbed in the college sports world or of where the coronavirus is taking off a hotbed for that and it hits literally in the home of one of the blue blood college football programs ncaa makes a ruling yesterday that we will discuss and share in detail of what might happen with that a scary situation with a four-star oregon commitment one-time oregon commitment and as well we need something to laugh at And there's a guy that tends to offer that up rather often. And Jim Harbaugh said something that when we examine, yeah, it deserves to get laughed at. So maybe we'll close the show with that today. But it's Nick Shepkowski with you always. And some big news out, some newsworthy things out on Wednesday. The NCAA on June 1st, they are allowing voluntary team uh, activities to take place football basketball women's basketball at the division one level the division one council they gave the green light to that on wednesday what's interesting with this what is compelling about this they allow the resumption of voluntary team activities but it's also still in play that certain states certain universities and certain places might not be open to the same level of, how should we put this, openness that other colleges are? What do I mean when I say that? What's a more clear way of saying that? Well, for example, I live in the state of Illinois. And us here in the state of Illinois, we're under the belief that on June 1st that you're going to be able to start to eat outside of restaurants. You still can't go in them. But you'll at least be able to go sit outside of restaurants and start uh, spending some money that way and eating and enjoying your dinner in the parking lot or on the sidewalk, but you're still not going to be allowed in. Uh, To take that a step further, you're not allowed in gyms here in the state of Illinois. So how does this play into college football? Let's just take an example. Down the road, um, about an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half east of Chicago is South Bend, Indiana, home of Notre Dame. Notre Dame is going to be allowed to use their facilities for voluntary team activities starting on the 1st of June because of the current mandates that are put down by the state of Indiana. Because of the mandates currently put down by the state of Illinois, for example, the University of Northwestern, uh, Northern Illinois University, University of Illinois, uh, they're not going to be allowed to take part in the same activities that their neighbor is just to a state over. Either direction you go, whether it's to the east or to the west, it's just not going to be allowed because of state uh, state mandates that are in place right there. So that's one part to look at with it. I think that that's an interesting thing that you do have to consider because we heard this a little bit. Of Some conferences aren't going to be ready. Some schools might not be ready in specific conferences. And the Pac-12's drawn a ton of attention with this, but I think it also hits closer to home. And it's not so much that some of these state schools or certain schools aren't going to be ready to go if given the opportunity. It's above them. It's their state governments that aren't letting them open up that may hold them back. 
And that could create a real precarious situation if you're having, say, for example, the Big Ten, and you have Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan ready to go. You have Iowa ready to go, Wisconsin ready to go. They're all playing. Minnesota's playing, and the state of Illinois is still behind in where they feel they're at in terms of COVID-19 and containing the spread. And the University of Illinois and Northwestern and Northern Illinois aren't allowed to play football. It would be an incredibly compelling situation, and I would assume that it would get pretty ugly between some universities and their state officials if that were to be the case. Uh, Staying in the Big Ten with that, I know that's an NCAA thing as a whole. It's worth noting um, that on June 1st, previously, that was not suspected to be the case, that they were going to be opening up facilities for teams, but teams are going to be open again. That's only for football, basketball, women's basketball, other fall sports. You're still stuck working out at home, working out at mom and dad's, but... It is open for football, basketball, and women's basketball, at least if universities are in states where the guidelines and the mandates allow student-athletes to do so. Moving on, in the Big Ten, one of the most known athletic directors in all of college sports, Gene Smith over at Ohio State University, the Ohio State University. He was optimistic. If you're looking for good news or somebody trying to send uh Maybe speak it into existence and spend his, send his good vibes out there. Gene Smith might be your guy as the athletic director at Ohio State. was on a video conference call on Wednesday, and he was asked about where Ohio State is in terms of being ready to have a football season with this assumption, oh, there's going to be no fans, going to be no fans. Gene Smith went as far as saying that he believes he sees things headed in the right direction, and that he could see Ohio State hosting football games with between 22 and 50,000 fans. Remember, Ohio State holds, what, just north of 100,000 fans on uh, if, they, if they reach capacity. So when you hear that number, it's not like they're jammed in like sardines when you hear 50,000. Now, it's not like the seats in those stadiums are uh, the most open of spaces. However, he's saying that's dependent on state guidelines that are going to be put down and mandates that are put down. But it seems like Ohio State is wanting to put the pressure on the government in the state of Ohio to give the okay to say, all right, sports can be played. All right, we can sit X amount of people in the stands. And it seems like Gene Smith is is almost willing that into existence. I, I guess I'm curious, and you can respond to this um, on Twitter, at Nick Shepkowski's one way. You can leave a comment in the comment section of uh, whichever, if you're listening on the podcast or if you're listening here online at fightingirishwire.usatoday.com. Say I were to give you a ticket or a pair of tickets for you and a buddy to go see your favorite team this year. Might be an Ohio State fan. You might be a Notre Dame fan. doesn't matter what you're, who you're a fan of. Are you interested in going to a to a stadium that's at, let's just say for conversation's sake, that's at a third third full capacity. Are you interested in going to Ohio Stadium to see the Buckeyes take on I mean, who's their biggest home game this year? Probably I mean, Michigan is the game every year. I get you a ticket to see Michigan and Ohio State just after Thanksgiving. You and a buddy. Are you interested in going and sitting around 33,000 of your closest friends? I'm torn on this one. There's days, I mean, with this coronavirus and COVID-19 going around, 
And obviously something that we simply have not lived through, witnessed in our lives. There's days I wake up and I think that it's, oh my God, it's ridiculous. Why are we taking this much precaution? Can't we live our lives? And there's other days that I look at it and it's like, we're not taking this seriously enough. I, I, I don't think I'm alone on that. There's some people out there that want to act like they're the experts on every little detail to it. And yeah, it's all okay. Everything's fine and dandy. Continue on with your lives. Nothing's going to happen. Then you have the other extreme of, oh my God, hide in the closet in the house. Put every pillow on top of you. The boogeyman's coming. We're all doomed. The world's over. And it's somewhere in the middle. And there's just some days that are better than others. I, I hope Gene Smith's right. I've said it all along if you've been following along on the Fighting Irish Wire USA Today team site there. I'm not optimistic that things get started on time. I'm not optimistic that football's played in front of very many fans this year, if any at all. But good God, I hope I'm wrong. Some sense of normalcy will be nice. And just because they're playing football and fans may attend, I maybe I'm naive. Maybe that's the case. I do trust university officials to have a plan in place to say, all right, this is how we're going to contain this. This is how we're going to make sure that COVID-19 isn't spread at our campus or in our stadium on a given Saturday. I, I Maybe I'm just uh, a little naive in it, but I think there's a lot of people out there that are thinking worst case scenario. And sure, you have to when you're planning all of this out. Just because you think worst-case scenario doesn't mean worst-case scenario is always going to play out that way. But Ohio State set to get things going June 8th is when they are scheduled to have their football players arrive back on campus and get going with their voluntary workouts there. Uh, scary news, sad news, uh, tragic news in college football as well. Um, Oregon recruit, former Oregon recruit, I should say, when I say that. Luke Hill, former Oregon commitment and four-star recruit, been arrested, faces attempted murder charge. Uh, this from the USA Today, written by Ashley Conklin, or this is actually from the Register Guard on, on Wednesday. Former Oregon football signee Luke Hill arrested in Prince George's County, Maryland, on Wednesday. Charge of attempted murder, faces eight different charges, included attempted murder, first degree, Assault in the first degree, reckless endangerment, and firearm use in a violent crime, according to the District Court of Prince George's County. Uh, former four-star recruit, he had been told by Mario Cristobal earlier this spring he was not going to be a part of the program. And the two had mutually agreed to part ways. Top 15 corner last year in, in that recruiting class. And that's act. that's an act, that's behavior that... You're forget football. I mean, I don't know what his background is. Not going to pretend to know. I forget football for the rest of his life. Hopefully, this is. It says attempted murder. Uh hopefully he uses this as a way and gets his life back on track because that's scary stuff. And I, we can sit there and. Oh my goodness! This is the despicable, most awful human being on earth. And yeah, those are absolutely terrible crimes but hopefully i mean it think it'd be a good story if the guy were able to turn it around but no um oregon 
former uh, former four-star recruit that no longer a part of the Oregon Ducks program, facing a lot bigger issues than anything that happens on or near a football field there. Uh, other not-so-happy news, Blue Blood of College Football. Not many people do it better than the University of Alabama does on the football field. Uh, some people said in SEC country that the Bama defense is so great, in fact, that that's why COVID was not arriving in the state of Alabama early on in this uh, in this this run that the United States have been on. Because you'd see the tests in the southeast. Oh, there weren't very many cases whatsoever in the southeast. And Alabama was actually one of the last states, I believe, in the Union to, to not have any positive tests. Well... Apparently, COVID-19, unfortunately, has gotten the LSU game plan from last year because literally Bryant-Denny Stadium has become a hotbed for COVID-19. They're undergoing a $106 million renovation where the Tide call home for football games, and more than 10 different construction workers have tested positive for COVID-19 there says it could be much higher, lack of transparency of what was going on on the job site, and everyone on the site could have been exposed to this. And all of a sudden, you look at uh, you look at one extreme where Gene Smith's saying, all right, we're ready to go. We're going to have over 20,000 people in the stands this year at Ohio State Games. And then you have Alabama, where literally at the stadium right now where the Tide play, you're having quite the outbreak of COVID-19. That's why I, I hesitate to be all in on any of these predictions that are made, any of the information that's given out there. Oh my God, yep, it's turning. It's all going to be all right. I Just look back two weeks and then try to tell me you think you know what's going to happen in two weeks from now because you don't. You don't know what's going to happen in two weeks from now with how this is, is, is being covered and what latest news develops. Maybe everything will be okay, and I think we hope that for the health of and betterment of uh, society. I think we all hope that. Then you bring in college football, and yeah, we're all hoping for that as well. But it's just extreme, extreme, extreme after the other. You don't know what's coming, and those that claim to be able to be be able to predict it are lying to you. They're they're taking advantage of your web hits and taking advantage of you buying in that they actually know how this is all going to go it hasn't gone according to plan it hasn't gone how people said it's going to go for literally months now so i'm not going to sit here and act like yep we got all the answers we don't have all the answers and you have extreme cases one at ohio state where oh everything's fine gonna get going and gonna have twenty thousand plus and then at alabama where you're having construction workers literally at the stadium where the tide play being hit up and 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 getting coronavirus, getting COVID-19, as that story was released today. I feel like laughing. I feel like we need to laugh. Kind of a heavier episode, some heavier news this past Wednesday. So let's laugh at somebody together. None other than John Harbaugh. Not John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. We don't laugh at John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is one of my favorite coaches in the NFL, even though I'm not a Ravens guy whatsoever. Jim Harbaugh is who we laugh at, and he can laugh at me for butchering that all up. Jim Harbaugh was asked, um, he was on the new lunch show with Mike Tirico on NBC Sportsnet on Wednesday, was his guest, and was asked about Michigan's progress, what they've made, what they have to do to get over the hill, get over the mountain that they're trying to climb. And Harbaugh says, 
Got to beat Ohio State. Nothing makes us or me angrier than losing to Ohio State. That's why we're working every day to beat Ohio State. Nothing makes them matter. Well, Jim, do you remember what makes you happy then? Like, what makes Jim Harbaugh happy? Every chance he's had so far since 2015 taking over for for the Michigan Wolverines. They're yet to beat Ohio State, even though there's been a cl- one especially close one back in 2016 that a uh, controversial spot didn't go his way. Hey, Michigan, Michigan getting owned in that rivalry, and some of the people that write about it and cover it like to say, oh, it's just been Ohio State that's been their problem. Everything else is fine in that division. Uh, you look at it since the Big Ten Championship's been played, and I know this is not all on, Je- on Jim Harbaugh. It's not because you had Brady Hoke there for years before and you had Rich Rodriguez there maybe the first year of the Big Ten uh, Big Ten championship being played down in Indy. Whatever the case, you've seen Michigan State get through and get to Indianapolis. You've seen Penn State get there. You've seen other programs that don't wear the silver and the scarlet and white of Ohio State. It's not just Ohio State that's always representing the Big Ten in Indianapolis. Sure, it feels like that. They've been there the last couple of years and they've won the won the championship here each of the last few years. But you've seen other teams get there from the Big Ten East specifically. Penn State a few years back. You've seen Michigan State there. It's not like it's only Ohio State. Ohio State's on a great run here the last three years especially. But it's not like it's simply, yep, it's only Ohio State that's the only problem with Michigan. Michigan's a heck of a lot. I mean, they are essentially where Penn State are. I mean, that might even be a little too generous of how good Michigan's been of late because Penn State's been on a heck of a run too. They're closer to that. They're closer to being maybe not what Michigan State's been in the last two or three years, but they're significantly closer to that than what Ohio State is, and that's one of the premier teams in uh, programs in all college football. So, yeah, Jim Harbaugh. That might make him more upset and make everyone in Ann Arbor more upset and make him work harder. I don't see that result changing anytime soon. That does it for this edition, this Thursday edition of the College Football Morning Announcements. It's Nick Shepkowski with you. Be sure to check out FightingIrishWire.usatoday.com. And as always, I always beg you and ask you and plead with you, if you enjoyed this, one, leave it a rating on whatever the the podcast method to listen you may have may have downloaded this from, whatever it is, whether it's Apple Podcasts or if it's Anchor or if it's Spotify or whatever one it may be, feel free to re- leave a review. And always appreciated is anyone that links out to this and shares it with their college football watching friends. That'll do it for the college football morning announcements for this Thursday. I'm Nick Shepkowski. Make it a great Thursday. We'll talk again tomorrow when we're getting you ready for your weekend on the College Football Morning Announcements.